What's going on, everybody? This is Matt Dixon and... Justin Bruggeman. And you guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show, where today, Justin, what are we bringing to our wonderful, awesome listeners? Well, David's gone. Yeah. We wish him the best. He's <laughs> he's out on a muzzleloader deer hunt, so hopefully he's uh, finding some success up in the mountains, seeing a lot of game, and hopefully bringing us back some delicious pepperoni sticks. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it would. The office loves that, except for Heather, who except doesn't eat meat, and that's a whole other story. So, but Justin, we we prepped a pretty big radio show today. Um, we've got a lot of content for our listeners, so I really want to jump into it. What are we talking about? You exaggerate it so much. I know. Like, there's so much here. Yeah, like, we're going to figure pages out how to pull it together. Pages of content. <laughs> um, well, what what you brought to me and what we were kind of looking at is... Yeah. So, well, some, we kind of brought, like, you brought your own content, I brought yeah. mine, and we just meshed this thing together, so... I guess you're right. We so, are starting today uh, with some stuff. That go I ahead and start this yeah. off. Is what did what was the thought process well, behind what you brought in? Well, we know that the markets have had a good month, right? I think the S and P over last month is up like seven, almost eight percent. So, mm-hmm. you know, when everything's going great, it's going great, and let's just pivot to something that you can maybe use as a listener to not um, like air avoidance, right? We want to figure out some stuff that you might be able to do to prevent yourself from maybe making a mistake as an investor. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, things might seem good and you might kind of be coasting along and, but this is also a good time to, you know, I mean, what three months ago people were panicking, right? Yep. And the, the markets, you know, oh my gosh, what's happening? And the phone isn't nearly as um, red hot as it might have been three months ago for a lot of firms. Right. Um, because when things are good, we kind of tend to shut things off and just feel good about stuff. But what happens when stuff is bad? Um, or what are some things that you can do to avoid making mistakes in the future when stressful times come and maybe markets move lower? So I want to talk about what might be a mistake that you could make and how can you maybe avoid it by knowing more about it. Um, And one of the things that um, I think is maybe low-hanging fruit, but not everyone necessarily um, always pays attention to, is how much are you spending on housing? And this whole idea of being... um, house broke or house poor because you're spending your entire paycheck on your mortgage. Right. A lot of people, you know, they they apply for a mortgage or a loan and the first thing that they ask is how much do I qualify for? Right. And then they're like, well, how much if I can qualify. I spend? Yeah, how much can I spend? Exactly. And you know, well, you qualify for 600,000. And so then that person automatically starts looking at homes right. in the six hundred thousand dollar price range and it's convenient how it graduates up to like six and a quarter because like right. right we'll count we'll conjure up a little bit more money mm-hmm. and so what normally was a you know a five hundred thousand dollar budget just creeped up 20 percent plus yeah and i think that's a really important piece to to be able to understand how much are you really spending on housing compared to how much are you making and mm-hmm. What you don't want to do is spread yourself so thin that when 
a roof repair needs to take place or some other major expense, like a big plumbing issue, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to absorb that and not, you know, really be hurting or having to dip so far into savings that, um, you know, now you're without funds and having to use a credit card to float your, your lifestyle. Well, and even the dynamics that kind of we've had recently with super low interest rates and before housing kind of crept up is people were buying a lot more house cheaper mm-hmm. or a lot more house for what they could afford. But also when there's repairs and stuff on a bigger home, it's a bigger repair. That's and true. so. That's where is yes, I mean, markets may give you more home for a cheaper price or a cheaper interest rate, but the repairs are still going to be magnified. You know, I think a lot of people maybe don't stop to think about that, so I'm glad, glad you brought that up. You know, a 5,000-square-foot house is a lot more maintenance than a 500-square-foot house. Yes. Um, a new roof. Yeah. So it's a you know, you know when very you, different pricing yep even paint you just go to mm-hmm. paint it and it's like well if your house is two stories and you know you got a 30 foot ceiling or something and you're afraid of heights maybe you're not painting it now you're having to hire that out because you know there's just so much right right the repairs and we could go on and on but i think that's a really big piece is um you know trying not to spend um and I don't know what. Do you have a percentage? That yeah, you look at? it's usually recommended between thirty and thirty-five percent of your net of your income. Net, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of your of your income goes to housing, um, and then when you like on the maximum scale, right? Is what at, you're at the top about. end, of right? It. And so that's kind of the general kind of rule, I guess, is where that kind of plays in. Um, but again, it you know the different market can give you different things even at that same price and Mm -hmm. now you know it's more expensive and higher interest rates so they're not getting as big of a house as you were 12 months ago yeah i mean it's just go online and pull up a mortgage calculator and look at Mm -hmm. you know what what type of house could you afford at 2.7 percent interest what you could have got you know a couple years ago right and then plug in 7.7 and or whatever the rates it's a are, drastically today, right? different number. Yeah, I mean, you might have been able to afford it a half million dollar house, and now you can only afford something that's two hundred and seventy five thousand. Right, right. Like that's a real thing. Um, and what's what's crazy is, yeah, maybe prices have gone down a little bit in real estate, but have they gone down enough to make that an apples no. to apples um, exchange? No, it really hasn't. Um, and so that's a that's a big piece. But Justin, what else? What's another thing that you can think of as far as um, areas where you might see some sort of financial mistake along the way that that harms the investor that's listening to this show? Well, I guess a big one, and you kind of touched on this a little bit with you know market conditions and and high volatility conditions. So mm-hmm. we, we've had high volatility even the last few years between in the twenty eighteen. Um, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, and then now 2023. Um, but not necessarily making decisions. Like with emotion? Irrational decisions. Yeah, yeah emotional, emotional decisions. decisions right. Just, I'm scared at this moment I need to react. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes, especially in a market that has higher volatility, is it's all dependent on the day you're overreacting. Because mm-hmm. if you overreact on a very down day and then you can't get back in. Yeah, or then you end up with this bias, right, where it's like, well, I right. sold out here. I can't buy in higher right. than where I sold. And so then you just keep waiting and waiting and waiting right. for it to fall. And therein lies the risk. Well, what if it doesn't come back down to where you were? Right. And you miss out on a big run. Right. Yeah. So letting kind of emotions drive um, decision making. And that's kind of why I intro the show with, well, you know, things are looking pretty good today, right? We've had a 7 or 8% move in the last month in the markets, you know, up higher. That feels pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But what if you had sold three months ago when the market was a lot lower? Would you be wanting to buy today? Right. Yeah. And so there's a, that's not a recommendation. That's just saying, how would you feel? Um, and emotions do play a big role in investing, mm-hmm. even for the professionals, right? Um, but I think one of the other things that I've seen um, is the person that gets suckered into a deal that is just simply too good to be true, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, If it is too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, <laughs> like if someone comes up to you and says, hey, you know, there's this investment over here and it's guaranteed 20% returns over the course of a year join up, you know, join in, sign mm-hmm. up. Let's, let's get you invested. We've got this guaranteed 20%. There should be some red flags, right? Like I'm not saying that it's impossible because I'm not going to make any definite statements like that, but I would odds, say do your due diligence and then do it again and make sure yeah. Yeah. do your due diligence and then do it a second time and a third time because, um, most of the time I think those deals are too good to be true. Mm-hmm. So that's another one is just not getting suckered into a scam. Yeah. That's always that's always a painful one to watch. But Well, Justin, can you think of anything else off the top of your head? Maybe something that you've witnessed firsthand where you're like, "Man, you know, I I witnessed someone do X, Y, or Z and I felt really bad for him because it was a self-inflicted yeah, wound." Yeah, it's not I guess sometimes one of the the mistakes that not necessarily mistakes, but they can really have an impact on retirement is when you have adult children that are still dependent on you Mm. um, and they are eating away at your retirement when you're still in, when you're in retirement, which is kind of, you know, as you're spending to live and then you're spending more on others. Um, Not saying, you know, you should help out or it's that if you whole can thing of help. like when generosity starts yeah. to harm your own it's so it's not necessarily a mistake it's just you know you're at the end of the day you're kind of forgetting to look out for yourself almost and especially as you know trying to establish some boundaries because they'll be pushed mm-hmm. you know the more you're willing to give the more people typically are willing to take and then yeah, some that's and a the, good point. they'll push the envelope until it's you know you say no um, and so that is a common one is helping, um, you know what I can piggyback that one. Okay. So you've got on one hand, you know, you've got the, the parent who 
um, maybe instead of saving for their own retirement account, they're spending $100,000 a year to help their kid go to a private college mm -hmm. and finance a PhD. Okay, so we've got that on one hand. But on the other hand, what about the person who gets an inheritance, right? So that same kid maybe gets an inheritance. One of the things that I've seen is the person who, who gets that inheritance and then instead of investing it or being like a steward of that money or being responsible with mm -hmm. it, they just drain that account. And as an advisor, right, there's nothing that I can do to stop. I can give you advice, right? right. But it's your, at the end of the day, it's your money. And mm -hmm. so I can't stop you from making that bad decision. But it's all, you know, it's it's the reality of what we see. Yeah. Sometimes people just act like that money is a burning hole in their pocket. <laughs> and they go out and it's just like, give me another $10,000. Give me another $5,000. Well, the and IRS hasn't helped much with, you know, shifting the rules on di distributions of inherited IRA. like forcing forcing yeah, money to you come have out the of it you have 10 years yeah um typically unless you're a spouse so it it's almost forcing you out but making strategic distributions because mm -hmm. just because you get an inheritance doesn't mean you're going to continue getting an inheritance right well and if it is say like you mentioned a beneficiary ira right i mean the other option, yeah, you might have to take it out of that account, but who's to say you can't start an individual account yeah. and then take that money, put it over there, and invest it the same way with the same mission? Or funding more of your retirement and, Yeah, you know, offsetting distribution. Yeah. I mean, I while we're kind of on the topic yeah, of, yeah, of moving money from one account to another, right. um, this, is, this is one that maybe isn't even on the list of our top ten things, you know, that... Um, might be a financial mistake, but I have witnessed one that is recently that just really, you know, pulls at my heartstrings where I'm like, oh, this this wasn't a good idea. But guess what, Justin? We got to take a break. Yeah, we got to take an obscene profit break. So when we get back, we're going to talk about the one thing that Matt hates more than anything. <laughs> Maybe that's an exaggeration. Today. Yeah, but we'll be back. Let's take a break. You guys are listening to The True Well Show on 93.9 and 1240 KQNN. All right, everybody, welcome back to The True Wealth Radio Show, where Justin and I are in studio, and we are talking about all the different ways that people might make a financial mistake or do something that mistakes could... Mistakes to avoid. Yeah, mistakes to avoid. And... We're just bringing it to the light, right? Because we don't want you to possibly make the same mistake. So we're throwing out a bunch of different possible things for you to think about. And so, Justin, where did we leave off? We were talking about my least favorite, like, thing that you can do oh. that might be a mistake, right? You and that was kind of the cliffhanger when we went into the break. And so um, I was I was going to talk about paying off really like low interest loans with free cash, right? Mm -hmm. So right now and we're talking about right now because okay. CDs at banks, you know, 
treasuries. Like there's a lot of different fixed income products out there. I'm not mm -hmm. making a play for any of those. But what I am saying is if you can go get five or six percent, right, and be making interest on your money, mm -hmm. it might not be in your best interest to pay off a loan if it's financed at two percent, right? Right. Because if you can have your money invested in making a bunch of interest then that might be a better option for you than paying off the loan. And mm -hmm. I've seen people pay off the loan and then they are out of cash. And cash in this environment kind of se seems like king, right? Like as interest rates are high, buying opportunities might come up. You want to be able to have some cash. So don't, you know, I'm just saying be wise. Be yes. wise. Think about it there, before you make the major reactions. That people do it, actually do make sense mm -hmm. like you know in your psychology it does because you have no payment so in your mind it's done right and, and we we hear it a lot from dave yeah. ramsey right like that it, and it, i mean it is a benefit to not have a house payment definitely mm -hmm. and you know taking large distributions for that feeling of just it being paid off you know, if that's just what it is to sleep at night, then sure. Yeah. But the reality of it is your money, and now there's investment vehicles out there that you can get guaranteed, you know, 5% plus. And if your, you know, mortgage is two and a half, then it's like, mm -hmm. you know, that tempting that extra two and a half payment. is paying the mortgage and then some, mm -hmm. and your home is an appreciating asset, which assuming it's going to continue to raise in value over time, right. is that the you know the loan and the real estate is more than paying for it. So yeah, so you're you're kind of saying like, wouldn't you rather hold on to the principal amount of money that you have in and most let situations? Pay yes. the interest that you owe. And then also be able to put a little bit in your pocket. Right. Yeah. That's but it also is just some people wired different. And yeah. so if you're not dependent on the money or you have other sources of income and you're just like, I just want this done. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's my personal one that I really hate to see happen is, is just juggling the money in the wrong way. And then you lose out on, on cash mm -hmm. opportunities. Justin, I mean, have you seen anything recently um, that's kind of like a moment where you're like, eh, maybe, maybe don't do that. Maybe think about this. No, the, the one we kind of did bring up about when you inherit money, because mm -hmm. um, that one is a, it's a big one. Because, yeah, and you, yeah. And what people do with inherited money really can make you know, big impacts on you know, especially current lifestyle, but then future lifestyles. Mm -hmm. But that then it's also wealth topic. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you know, you inherit half a million dollars. And like you said, is this go back to having more house than you can afford is to say, you know, you owe $200,000, but you go buy a $700,000 house and still owe $200,000 on it. Mm -hmm. Well, then if maintenance gets, picks up you need a new roof on a $700,000 house versus a $200,000 house it's a lot more expensive right and so not letting an inheritance shift your lifestyle shift your lifestyle yeah and rather than increasing your future lifestyle mm -hmm. which I'm not saying is you know save it and spend it 
don't spend it, but do it in a way that has tax advantages and um, well, other, other and I've seen people on the flip side of that, right? Like you're advocating for it, and I've seen it where people have walked in and been like, "Hey, here's the reality. I'm not." understanding enough to know what to do with this right. sum of money, right? Like I've got this sum of money. I didn't expect it, whether it's from a settlement or inheritance or however you came upon the money. It's, it's one of those conversations and it's humbling, right? I'm sure where you are, you, you're just honest and saying, Hey, I really don't know what to do here. Um, can you give me some advice? Right. And that's something where hopefully you know you're not getting charged right out of the gate on that advice right. right like that's not our our objective we want to be there to because sometimes we can't help you and we'll be honest about that. right um sometimes we can obviously that's how we get paid but at the end of the day our goal is to just make sure that you leave in a better spot um than when you walked in right and hopefully you know if you're in one of those situations where you know, you are nervous about what to do. You just get a second opinion. You're not mm -hmm. forced into making a decision, but at least you can gather information enough to make an informed decision. And that's a really big piece. Right. But. And the pros and cons, because at the end of the day, it is your money. So you get to make the decision. Absolutely. Yes. But as long as we lay out, you know, your options on what is best, then. Yeah. Yeah. One of the. I, we've got 10 things and I want to get through them today. This is a big show. So one of the, one of the other things that I think we need to talk about, Justin, is for the person who is considering cashing out a retirement account early to make another investment. This one I feel like is a little bit more rare, but there are those people who are like, Hey, yeah. you know, I'm not 59 and a half, but I want to access a bunch of my money and maybe I want to go buy real estate mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I want to start my own business and I want to just take a bunch out right. um, and fund X, Y, or Z. What do you say to that person who is like, let's just take the penalty, take the income right. taxes? Well, there's, it depends, mm -hmm. I guess would be the it, best it answer really to does. that. It really does. Is there are some unique situations where, yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, de it really depends on the amount. Yes. Often the percentage. There mm -hmm. have been times where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you should take an early distribution, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if, if option A is, well, I have to spend the money. Right. And the only way I can do it is to put it all on a credit card at 30% interest. Or I'm going to take the penalty over here. Right. Yeah, it actually might make sense to take a little bit. You know, okay, you took 2% of your entire retirement account out. 98% of it is still there. Right. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But that's why all this investment advice is so specific. We're kind of painting with a broad brush today, but I want to keep bringing it back to that point. Mm -hmm. This is unique and individual to each single person. We can't paint with a broad brush, but we can give general advice. Generally, it's not a good idea to destroy yeah. your retirement account early. Yeah. The blanket statement is probably ill-advised. Yes. But. Yeah. Um, so that's one that I always am like, hey, you know, be aware that there are penalties um, 
and some taxes often to taking early distributions. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing to often kind of watch out for and be aware of. Yeah, and even potentially if you are taking distributions, spreading it out across multiple years. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, can have, you know, tax yeah. benefits. Yeah, and that's really pertinent to where we are. We're mm. in November, right? right? So if you need money out of one of those accounts, here we are at the end of the year. Maybe you can use that strategy Justin just talked about where it's like, hey, I'm going to take a little bit out for 2023. And then I can get a little bit more in January mm -hmm. from the 2024 distribution. And then, boom, you've got the magic number that you needed. And you didn't heavily penalize yourself in one year. You spread it out over two. Right. Great idea. And I coming up at this time of year, required minimum distributions oh, are due by the end of the year. I think before we get to that awesome topic, that's a great segue, Justin. I want to take another profit break before we Sounds get good. So when we get back, we're going to let Justin run with this thing where he's talking about some of that end of the year stuff with RMDs. And even more interesting, we're going to talk about Black Friday because it's coming up. So stay tuned. Up. You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. I'm Matt Dixon. And Justin Bergman. And you guys are listening to 93.9 FM and 1240 AM KQN. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. We are so thankful for all of our listeners out there. Uh, we just got a call during the break from Missy. So thank you, Missy, for calling in. We will be getting back to you. I got your phone number. Um, Justin, we left off talking about the 10 financial mistakes that you might be making or could make in the future that we don't want you to make. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's all unique. Maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe it's actually a good decision for you. But... That's why we give advice on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and we're just trying to educate you on this show. Um, Justin, you brought something to the table earlier on today before we came in to do the show, and you had all of this awesome you know, statistics and numbers based around what everyone really wants to talk about today, and that is Black Friday. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Yeah. We talked about financial mistakes, but... And maybe Black Friday leads to more of those. But, um, you know, you brought some stuff to me that I didn't know. Um, and here we are. It tis the season, right, for mm -hmm. um, credit card debt and racking up those expenditures on Amazon. So tell me a little bit real, more. Okay. Are you excited? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm thrilled. Are you excited or not excited? A little bit of both because I know what's going to happen, right? You asked me a question. You're like, Matt, how much money are you going to spend on the holidays this year? Is it going to be like over $1,000? I'm like, no, no, I'm going to be responsible this year. And then I'm like, I'm only going to spend this much here and this much there. And then I added it up and I'm like, yeah, okay, you're right. It's probably going to be over $1,000 right. because Christmas presents aren't cheap. There's a lot of people to buy presents for um, and it can get out of hand real quick mm -hmm. so hit me with some stats justin i want to know more well i mean i i love black friday which you I usually it. i don't okay. even really go shopping but i like look and get all the deals and then i will order them because mm -hmm. i feel like there's just a lot of people here's my tip of the day for our listeners when it comes to black friday before you go shopping Write out a list of what it is you really want to buy. Because mm -hmm. I made this mistake earlier today. 
I clicked on Amazon and I'm like, ooh, lightning deals on Black Friday that starts early. What do you got for me? And they had this device, right? It is a pet shaver. You, like, you take your animals in to get your cat shaved, the fur balls off of them, your right. dog groomed. And it's expensive because you got to have it done often. And I saw like a $500 device that's like a vacuum cleaner with a tube and the shaver. So it's like a professional setup where you can like, and I sent it to my wife and I'm like, oh no, what have you done? Like, yeah, it was 500 down to 80 bucks, but you know she's going to buy it. Right. And is she actually going to do it or is she just going to take the pets to the groomer still? She's going to buy it and still take them to the groomer. So make a list of what it is that you actually need, what the presents are that you actually need to buy, or you might just buy like a 30 foot blow up Santa Claus for your front yard. And just don't, just because Matt's saying that (laughs) nobody does that. (laughs) Nobody only buys what's on the list. Oh man. Well, we can, unless it's grocery shopping. I I can do it that way. I'm inclined to say this. I'm a financial advisor. It's what I got to say, right? (laughs) I enjoy it. You enjoy what? Uh, the I just like part? the shopping part. I like Christmas because I like to buy stuff for people. I think plumbers also enjoy Black Friday. I don't know if they enjoy it or not. <laughs> you were telling me earlier today that it's the busiest day of the year for so, plumbers. Yes. Is and then, of course, I would go down the rabbit hole of like, so why? <laughs> uh, well, that was my first question. Yeah. Like, that's a really weird thing. Like. Is it because people are putting too much turkey down the sink and hitting no. the disposal and trying to grind a turkey down the drain? It was no? where I read was it said because the stores plumbing aren't used Retail. to that many people in there at the same time. And so they're not they just don't flow right. Retail shoppers yes. are bogging down the pipes. Yes. The busiest day of the year for plumbers. Retail's not dead. It's backing no. up pipes everywhere. Look at that. I love it, Justin. Okay, so it's the busiest day of the year for plumbers. What other fun facts do we need to know? Well, let's see. On average, in America, Mm -hmm. each person spends $430 between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday. I don't even know what the U.S. population totals, but I imagine if we multiply that by 400... And I would assume it's income producing. Sure, but still, that's a Um, substantial amount of money. Um, Well, actually, you put it on the sheet for me. Spending reached ninety three or nine hundred and thirty six billion in sales last year. Mm -hmm. So almost a trillion dollars moved through the market in a matter of what a week. Yeah. Of retail shopping. In twenty twenty two, five billion dollars were spent in twenty four hours. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. It's going to be interesting to see because, okay, right? We're getting pinched by inflation mm-hmm. and credit card debt is at all time highs. Mm-hmm. About to be so higher. What is that <clears throat> going to spell for retail shopping this season? Are we going to beat last year's, you know, records of 90, 936 billion or what's, what's your over under yeah, here? I think we're, it's over. You think we're going to just yeah. push those credit cards? I think it'll time? be a jump. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the contrarian. I'll say under. How about that? Okay. All right. I'm going under 936 billion. Justin's going over. We'll see here when the numbers come out next time around. Well, it's a little bit to just see if you are below or above average. So, mm-hmm. yeah. four hundred thirty dollars on 
Black Friday and Cyber I'm, Monday. I can guarantee you I'll be over $430. On I'm Black probably going to take the over as well. Yeah. And then the other was the average person spends $875 during the holiday season. Oh, so just Black Friday through Cyber Monday, and then you double it for the holiday season. Yep. Because nobody gets all their shopping done on Black Friday. Well, we spend a lot more on food, I feel like, too, yeah. during that time of year, right? Like, we want that table full of the turkey, the dressing, all of the fixings. Right. We want it all. I I expect it. I actually expected it to be a little bit higher. Well, but. the thing that threw me for a loop is looking at where is that spending taking place. Mm -hmm. And this is actually pertinent for us because we're investors. We need to know these trends. Um, the one that really, really blew my mind, what the number one category is for spending during this season mm -hmm. take a guess it is clothing yeah i would never have guessed that i'm never buying clothing during this time of year i'm always buying like the espresso machine that i've always wanted or you know like those things yeah. where it's like you get that deal once a year or like you want that brand new tv you know this is the mm. time to buy it right so I'm surprised that it's clothing because for me, it's like when I buy clothing, but maybe I'm not normal. I just go in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to drop like $600 on clothing because I need a fresh set of clothes. And then I don't shop for like a year, but maybe I'm the, the exception on that one. Yeah. I don't really shop. No, your, your wife. I'm not a clothing, clothing shopper. I like to shop for clothing for other people. Just not really for myself. The, uh, you threw another one on here that, um, I wouldn't have guessed this. I thought it would have been a lot lower, but four in 10 holiday buyers are willing to go into debt on their credit cards mm -hmm. for the shopping. Yep. Like almost half of you out there that are listening to this realize like, go ahead and raise your hand if it's you. Right. You're willing to go into debt to put the, you, the you, presents and the turkey on the table. I got further down even the rabbit hole. It said that only, what was it? 32% of people actually save for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Oh, so less than half of you are saving mm, yep. and almost About half of you are saved. willing to, to take yep. the debt on to uh, make the So it actually happen. makes sense. But you know what? It's a magical time of year. Maybe it's worth it. I'm not, I'm always like not advocating for a little bit of debt, but if it brings smiles to everyone's faces, you feel good about it. And, you know, someone has a gift that they're going to hold on to the rest of their lives. Maybe it was worth it. It's just if you have a budget for it, add 20 percent to it. Mm. Yeah. Because you're always going to spend 20 percent more. Maybe the takeaway somewhere. is start saving for it like, like in the summer. So like four months ago or spread your <laughs> right, shopping yeah. out. Some people do that. I'm yeah. horrible at it. I still haven't bought gifts. Like I some people. I can't like I can buy gifts for my kids. And other people, but mm -hmm. I can't buy stuff for my wife until really close to because I'll give it to her. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, and I can't do it. And which I'm, are I you will just really bad at keeping a secret? Yeah, I'm the same way. I have a really hard time holding on to a gift because if I have it, I want to be like, "Hey, here's this random gift. Isn't that romantic?" Mm -hmm. Right? Because it's expected on Christmas, but if you give it to them early, well. Now yeah, it still it doesn't count great. as a Christmas present if you give it to him early. Right? And so, but I'm the worst at, like, I'll go find, like, pillows or something. I'm like, these will be great. And two days later, I'm like, I got pillows here. 
So I have a question for you. This is completely random. But if there was like a, a vendor or something that was offering like these pre-built boxes with like 10 or 15 gifts for your wife and you could, and it was already bundled, they're wrapped, it's all done. Mm -mm. Would you, no? Nope. So you like the experience of picking out that personalized gift that's like super unique to that person. Sort of. I, I'm a feel shopper. So I like, I like to buy blankets and stuff like that for people. Uh, and so I like to feel so things and jackets online. and stuff like that. I like, I'm all about how they feel. And so that's like the only shopping that I like to do because you can't do it online. Yeah. You can't feel things online. You might be the ultimate Christmas gift shopper then. Like, you might be wearing the I love crown. blankets. Okay. Well, Justin, we're going to touch on a few more of these awesome um, numbers and stats related to Black Friday. But we've run out of time, and we need to take one more profit break. So... When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Black Friday. We're going to recap the show for everyone. Stick around. We've still got some really awesome material. You guys are listening to 93.9 and 1240 KQEN. This is Matt Dixon. And Justin Bruggeman. You guys are listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. Stay tuned. All right, everybody. We are back for the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio Show, where we are talking about a lot of kind of cool stuff we're talking about black friday come on yeah yep um justin you've hit us with some great stats i'm gonna pass the microphone over to you for another good one what should we know about this black friday season interesting fact okay 12 percent of thanksgiving shoppers are intoxicated wait what Yes, so based on a like, survey. So the the hard eggnog and yeah. Amazon button are a are a deadly combo, huh? Yeah, the Bailey's in the coffee apparently is happening. Ah, wow. Okay, I didn't know that, but that is a that's an interesting stat. One of the ones I really liked was that um, you hey, you do get good savings, right? You do. The average person compared to the like regular retail price is saving a whopping. 37% on their purchase. Mm -hmm. So the retailers really are passing along some savings. Yeah. They want to move volume and they want you to come back the next year expecting to get a great deal. So they are cutting prices. You could save 37%. Mm -hmm. But where is that little like equilibrium point where it's like, okay, you know, you saved 37%, but you spent X amount. So did you? <laughs> Or the, uh, what is it, well, the girl math versus boy math? Yeah, like, there you go. Well, I saved 100 bucks so I can spend 100 <laughs> Yeah, so I can spend it's 100 free. more. Yeah, it's free money. Um, don't get trapped into that logic. Too okay. many people do. Um, well, and then the other part of that's like, well, if I save 37%, I've got 37% more to spend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. 20% of all the holiday shopping is done between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday. So it is a really short window, and I'm guessing that all those UPS drivers out there that are listening to the show are like, oh, man, I'm, I'm feeling it, right? Like, you're working some long days. You've got a lot of packages to drop off. Um, and I know you, you look at companies like Amazon, they're really incentivizing you to, like, delay the shipping, and they're even willing to um, reward you for it, right? You mm -hmm. get some little credits for your music and... 
some other stuff on there. Yeah, because, man, it takes a lot of effort to ship and move all of this product in such a short window of time. It's really amazing that we can even do it. Right. Right. Well, and then the change, even the change now of it's online shopping and in-person shopping. Mm-hmm. And surprised about how much in-person still, how much people still do the in-person shopping. You know, for me, this is probably going to sound, you know, kind of like, oh, listen to the old man talk. But I remember back before the online shopping was a thing, we would get up. Get the paper. You'd get the paper. Yeah. And you would get in line. And those retailers were offering, you know, the first 100 people get something free or they get 50% off of blah, 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 whatever the deal was. And, you know, stores had free donuts and coffee and juice. And those were the days, right? Like where you're lined up and ready to stomp on people to get your deals. And there was a limited quantity. The all-nighter at Staples. I (laughs) miss that a lot, right? Like. Getting up that morning and going and being part of the madness and seeing the people who had a tent out and slept all night right. in order to get the $100 TV, bring that back. That's the American consumerism that I love. Like, where did that go? None of this, like, it's Black Friday all week. Uh, stop it. Like, yeah. let's have one day of madness. I don't need 20 days of madness in my life. Give me one good day to show up with the pocketbook and really spend some coin. I use Black Friday more like, Cause I still have to go get the paper and everything and look, cause it gives me ideas for like, cause things that I want for Christmas. Cause I don't really want anything. Cause usually when I want something, I'll go and buy it. And so yeah. like people are like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I don't really want anything. So it's like to generate ideas for like, what you want in the future. This could be cool. Or yeah. Oh, you just like all of a sudden, like I want to learn how to weld. I should get a welder. Were you like me when you got the paper, you were circling all the good deals. Oh yeah. Like, I had a highlighter, and I'm like, that's an, a great I still, deal. What do you mean when that. you were young? I still do. <laughs> do you really? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm coming over to your house. The we're Eugene one and the one down here. Yeah. Oh, those those were good times. I need, we need to bring that back with stronger force. Um, so, do you got anything? I, I know we're starting to. I do. Uh, just a few. Okay, give me a couple In-person shopping, 62% of sales go to Walmart and only 34% to the shopping malls. Yep. Man, it, it's crazy. It, and 58% Target. So if you want to Target, yeah. So 62% Walmart. I want our listeners to pull up Yahoo Finance at some point. Go to Walmart and look at the difference between Walmart and Amazon when you're just looking at sales, right? How much Oh like yeah, the revenue. The price com- oh, and, and, yeah. yeah, how much revenue and how much earnings? So yeah. revenue being like, how much did they sell, right? How much product did they move, right? And how much did they keep in their pocket? I'm right? curious to see the number. Yeah, well, it's pretty wild. It's gonna be good. Walmart sells so much product, and I want you to just see the numbers. I'm not gonna spoil the surprise, but to think that Walmart's taking up over half of all of the in-person shopping on that holiday is pretty crazy. Well, what was the other one? 52% of shoppers regret a purchase after a spending spree. Spending spree. It, it doesn't happen immediately, right? No. They buy it. The they buyer's feel remorse. Good. They feel good for a few days. Yep. But 
eventually that bill and then the it the settles in. Up. Yeah, Gosh. and you're like, wait a minute, my average credit card bill is three thousand dollars, and then November came around and I racked up a seven thousand dollar credit right. card bill. Time to open up the savings account. Yep. The points are only worth it to a point, pun intended. Well, Justin, we have run out of time. We need to let listeners go. But if you need any financial help, feel free to give us a call. Little John Financial, 541-375-0898. We're out of time. This is Matt Dixon. And Justin Bregman. And thanks for listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. Have a great rest of your week and holiday. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.